second. Hello and welcome to the Suns Planet Podcast, where fans from around the globe try to bring together all of Suns Planet. We are now part of the ASAP Sports Network, all sports, all plays. I am your host, Sundress Dunks, and I'm a bit shook this morning, can't lie. You know, last week I said we were going to go one and two this week, so, you know, sad to see I was right about that. But, you know, that's not the part that has me uh, really kind of shook here. You know, I didn't expect to see how it happened. I didn't expect to have our worst loss of the year against the Knicks. Seemed like our guys quit in the fourth quarter again. And then Bradley Bill came back and got injured again. So I've got my man Fallen Founder here with me. See if he's doing a little better. Jake, how you doing this morning? Well, I, I, I'm doing a little bit better, uh, except that I predicted a three and uh deal, and I said Bradley Beal will be back next week. So maybe, maybe I just got you know the stars a little shifted in my brain a little bit, and you know hopefully it's a little just ankle roll, and we'll see him next week, and then the three and will begin. I mean, I could have just been off by a week. Uh, you know, it happens a lot when you're channeling the stars. Yeah, it seems like we're jinxing everything. You said 3-0. and I put the show title as the big three is back. And, well, they were back, but they're not back anymore. <laughs> so Bill was back for two and a half games. We got one full game of the big three. Then last night, a defender gets under him on a reckless closeout. He twists his ankle. Vogel did say the x-rays were negative, so that's good news. But, uh, Jake, are we ever going to get healthy and see the big three? <laughs> well, the, the answer is obviously yes, but it's less obvious than it was a few weeks ago when I said, yes, obviously they're going to play together. Um, just because uh, we are approaching uh, about, uh, as you pointed out, uh, about a third of the way through the season and I think what was the stat that uh, popped up? I think you probably saw it last night as well. It was something that was like 24 minutes, I think, total uh, has been played in, in 24 games now or something like that through the season. And uh, the big three. The big three. Yeah. yeah. So they haven't even had a basically a full game together yet. Um, not even a full, you know, traditional minutes of what they usually get, you know, in the low 30s. So. Uh, it was, which is a bummer because Beal came out kind of hot last night, uh, making his first few baskets, including uh, threes, and um, was looking sharp. And and that's what we want. I mean, he's the guy that's got to play himself back into a rhythm. You know, KD and, and Booker can miss a game here and there, and it seems like they didn't miss any time when they return. So, 
uh, yeah, it's um, hate to say it's frustrating. I, I thought, you know, about uh, two, three, four weeks ago, our biggest concern would be what role player would step up to kind of be a fourth option. <clears throat> uh, eventually, the big three will get some more minutes together, but uh, sometimes you you can just tell the basketball gods like to uh, taunt you a little. Yeah, you know, Hunt Star in the chat says, we got an episode of Bluey out of the big three. I'm dead. Uh, I'm not quite sure what Bluey is, but, uh, you know, I would just say Lucy pulled the football again, Charlie Brown. You know, we keep getting so <laughs> close, and the football keeps getting pulled out of us. And, uh, you know, Charles says, just hoping Bill will be back for the Christmas Day against the Mavs. That would be a heck of a Christmas gift if we could get a full big three healthy game, you know, running up and down the court hard and and then wrecking Luca. And we'll, we'll all be home for dinner with Luca's mom at the end of that. So there you go. That sounds like a Christmas night to me. Uh, Hunt Star says Bluey is an Australian kids show. Hamo might know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not sure where Hamo is. I think he's on a bender or something. So. We'll see if he pops in this morning. That's funny. I, I did. Now I think about. It, I have heard of Bluey. It's um, it's right up there in my mind with uh, all all my other friends that have kids that are like, you know, Baby Shark. And it's like, ninety percent of the world looks at you strange, but then like that other ten percent's like, I know Baby Shark. And so, <laughs> I've heard of that. Seems to be a coded thing for young parents. I don't have kids, but I have <clears throat> heard of it. But uh, you know, we're now seven weeks into the season. All three of our players have struggled to stay on the floor with leg injuries. Bill especially can't seem to stay on the floor. You know, the media's right so far. ESPN, everybody has been clowning us, saying we're injury prone. And uh, right now, you know, they're right so far. And I'm definitely hoping that we can get the big three together soon and keep it together. But just uh, what you've seen so far, Jake, out of the big three, do you think it's going well when they're on the floor? Do you think they're a good fit together? Well, you know, it's tough, right? Because Beal has missed so much time. Um, what, what I do know is Kevin Durant is playing better than uh, I had hoped. Uh, and what I mean Amen. by that is I know a lot of people look at KD and say, wow, you know, one of the greatest of all time to ever play the game. I, I never dispute that. What I used to get frustrated with was last season when he came on, immediately got injured it felt like played very sparingly in the regular season with us gets to the playoffs and then it became a little bit of hero ball with him and book and and it just didn't work out now uh obviously hey we, we gave the nuggets a run for their money we took two games off them so uh but i thought it could have been done better if durant had kind of gotten to know his teammates a little bit more you're seeing that more this year uh, you know, he's got a full offseason under his belt. He knows when to give it up. And and uh, and so when him and Booker are on, cool. uh, we can match up with anybody in the league. So when Beal, you know, in his six minutes last night, he looked like he was on. Um, it was going to it, it was going to be scary for the Knicks for uh, about six minutes of that game. Uh, what's tough, though, is <clears throat> if any one of the big three, and especially as it's kind of become a bit of a big two, if any one of them has a bad game, a ton falls on the other player and, and the, these role players, just a lot of ceilings have not been hit. I think we came into this thinking you Watanabe was going to take another step and just be this lethal shooter. His three point shootings down Josh Akogi, our stalwart defender 
Um, still plays decent defense, but his shooting is actually down, Suns fans. Believe it or not, his three-point shooting is actually worse than over uh, the last year. You would have thought all he would have been asked to do is just sit in the gym and work on that corner three, and it hasn't quite happened yet. Uh, there's a few other players. I mean, some Suns fans said Keita Bates-Diop was going to be a, a, you know, that fifth starter. We haven't seen it yet. So um, there, there's definitely been some some surprises. I think Booker is playing a, a – a stratospheric oh yeah stratospheric right. brand of basketball we'll go with that he is absolutely playing out of his mind on most nights he's i wouldn't even say top five he's a top three player in the league the way he's been playing most of these games uh so definitely some things to get excited about uh i'm a little bit nervous if uh if it's gonna be you know, one or two of these guys in any given night. That That's where it gets a little bit, you know, we, we should have put these Knicks away early. Instead, we lost one of our guys, and it became a little bit of, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of figure it out as we go. Well, I'm trying to be serious here, but people in the chat are wilding, man. We've got Evan. He says, oh, my God, it's Fallen Founder. Take <laughs> off your shirt. Is that Coach Evan? Uh, he's so. on fire? What? Well, I can't take off my shirt because look, everybody, uh, for all you Street Fighter fans out there, I'm wearing the Ria uh, karate hooded sweatshirt sleeveless. And no, I did not cut off my sleeves. I'm not Devin Booker. I'm not that talented. Uh, this actually comes sleeveless. Um, but if you are a, uh, a Street Fighter fan, I can actually uh, warrant the uh, quality. I got hit with one of those classic Instagram ads. It's just like, we bet you'd like this random thing that you've never heard of. And I was like, you know what? I did have a good time playing Street Fighter when I was coming up. I wish they had a little bit more e-Honda stuff because I was that guy that would just kept mashing the button to make his hands go and upset, you know, my brother and everyone else I played with. But, you know, that was my move. That was my move back in the day. So, yeah, <laughs> can't, can't take it off, though. Otherwise, I wouldn't be displaying uh, my second favorite fighter. You don't want to display those guns. I don't think anyone here could handle it. Oh, you don't worry. I got, the, I got those guns on standby, baby. You know who doesn't have the guns? Drew Eubanks. Can we talk a little bit about him later? Disappointing. Uh, we'll definitely hit on that, I think. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think the big three are looking pretty good when they're out there, at least on offense. They're definitely putting up great numbers. You look at the Nets game, all three of our big three shot over 50%. They just didn't take enough shots. And we just didn't play defense. You know, and Booker had 34 and 12 in the Nets game followed by 28 and 9 versus the Knicks. KD had 29 and 27 in those two games. He's been putting up a lot of stats, doing everything he can. You know, he's kind of standing tall through the fire, like in the background I've got uh, behind me here. But, uh, you know, we just can't seem to play defense, and we have these weird fourth-quarter meltdowns where we just seem to forget how to play. And a lot of it seems to be on the role players. So uh, what else did you see this week out of especially our role players? And, you know, we had Cam and Mikhail returning. Uh, some people seem to be saying they regret the trade. We should have never done it. All our role players are terrible. They want to go back. What do you think <laughs> about all that, Jake? Well, it, it's an amazing thing to think about. Actually, I was even brainstorming that the other day. If we could have somehow kept all of those picks – Plus, and don't get me wrong, Suns fans, I know uh, he left a, a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouth, but uh, 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 Crowder, the way he went out. Uh, but if, if we could have kept 
uh, a Crowder on this team, a Bridges and a Cam Johnson and all those picks. And then uh, just basically traded Chris Paul and Landry Shamit for Bradley Beal. And that was the that was the upgrade for this offseason. Uh, and so you would have had a a Beal, Booker, Bridges, Cam Johnson, probably still DA then in that case, starting lineup. I, I think that'd be a really good starting lineup too. Um, but, you know, at the same time, Beal, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, Beal's hurting right now. And, and gosh, I mean, you got to really feel for him. Uh, the best news that came out of last night's game was he didn't start rolling around and, and, uh, and they had to start working on his back immediately for locking up. So it was an ankle. <clears throat> Those happen. It's like one of the most common things when you're playing hoops is if you go up for a tall jump shot, you're always worried about somebody coming down underneath you and then you roll on that ankle. And that's exactly what happened. Th- this case, it looked very unintentional that the defender DiVincenzo kind of jumped through the block attempt and, and, but he, he, his heel clipped, uh, Beal got clipped by the heel. Um, and so that, that I mean, oh, God, he's finally back. And he was, he was kind of looking good because, the, yeah, he had been struggling a little bit. Um, not struggling, you know, finding his role, I think, in the offense. Um, you're, but you're right, you know, defense it, and with these role players, it's I feel like we get three and a half good quarters out of the role players. And then in that kind of crunch time, you know, that final six minutes or so, it's, okay, where's Booker? Where's Durant? I'm not supposed to take this shot unless I'm completely wide open. I think you're starting to see the Grayson Allens and Eric Gordon say, you know what? No, I'm, I can shoot the ball too. I'm pretty good at it. And, uh, and I'm going to create myself as a legitimate threat. The Nasir Littles and the Josh Kogis are not there yet. And so that's a little frustrating, but uh, Hey, I'll, I'll give a shout out to uh, one guy who to me has been looking pretty good. So I, I think I've got a drop here for him. Uh, mind if I uh, go for you it? Go ahead. All right. The Bosnian beast. He's looking like a, a man amongst children down there in the post these last few games. I know it wasn't perfect, but, um, you know, that was over 20 rebounds in the game against the Nets. I mean, he's yep, finally. I think reminding himself, hey, wait a minute, I'm a big person. (laughs) Uh, If there's a smaller guy on me, it's not where's Booker, where's Durant. I don't always have to get that assist. Watch me go through this person and put the ball in the basket. He had uh, some dunks this week. He's looking better and better the last couple. So there's some encouraging things on the Horizon Suns fans. But again, you must be patient. This will be the year of patience. Yeah, everybody in the chat is talking about Nurkic as well. Javon Carter season says Nurkic has done his job and outplayed Aiton by a mile. Geo says beast mode's been activated. And I totally agree. You know, he had 15 points and 22 boards against the Nets. Last <laughs> night against the Knicks, he had 21 points and 12 boards. Well, and remind me, I mean, like, Sean Marion Knight was last night, right? I mean, it was his induction to the Ring of Fire, and I know we're going to – or Ring of Fire. (laughs) Yeah, well, Ring of Honor. Um, Yeah, we'll get in. uh, And I know uh, you've got some stuff for that too, but it's just – as Suns fans, I feel like we're used to the Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, who is – Kurt Thomas – over the last 20 years, I'm trying to think. uh, DA was good, uh, but – 
Like those moments when we can have more than 10 rebounds, I feel like we're almost getting selfish because I'm used to our leading rebounder being like, yeah, I got nine last night. And then Nurk just being like, give me 22. Uh, you know, and so he's just a uh, man amongst boys down there. So it's, it's, it's looking good. He's really asserting himself and we're going to see a little bit of that. It's a lot of new faces to be playing together. And that's why, I don't know if you've been picking up on it, Keith, but a lot of the quote unquote talking heads have been like, well, these types of teams typically take off year two, not one. And, you know, I still have my hopes for this year. Obviously I want a title now and next year. But, you know, I could also see, you know, they talked about the Miami Heat when LeBron went down there first year, did not win. Second year, they did. And so uh, uh, I think the Lakers, AD and LeBron, basically a lot of it was LeBron teams. But uh, <laughs> the analogy I think holds, you get to know a lot more of the faces, the players, how they like to play. And right now, with so many key pieces being in and out of the lineup, we were without Gordon last night. He's been our, our true sixth man this year, actually probably starting more because um, Bill hasn't been here. We've got a lot of people that play a lot that haven't been available. So we'll see a lot of flashes moving forward. Hopefully they can find a way to put that chemistry together. We'll see. I know someone that doesn't have chemistry. That's uh, DeAndre Ayton and his girlfriend. You know, Huntstar in the chat says, Nurkic never been publicly, publicly humiliated by a girlfriend breaking up with him on IG. We won the Ayton trade. <laughs> So there you go. That was popping off last night. I I, I did see that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's Portland, man. What else are you going to be doing, uh, you know, uh, up in Portland right now, except you know, making making mistakes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was really that was really somebody was really calling them out, and I didn't know who that person was. And uh, but she had a lot of pictures with them. And then I think the very next post or the post right before it had a link to a. a, a, a uh, uh, some sort of site about like ceiling fans and, and only ceiling fans. They had to go. So um, <laughs> I, I was very like for somebody that seemed very upset that her love wasn't true. She, she seemed to bounce back real quick. <laughs> well, I definitely hope the rest of our role players can bounce back. You know, everyone else outside of Nurkic was pretty terrible this week. They're hardly contributing anything. You look at the minutes, they're all over the place. One guy has 10 minutes one game, doesn't play the next game. 20 minutes here, five minutes there. Bull Bull even played two games this week. Frank meaningful Sturgeon, minutes. Frank was right. I, I, Yeah, meaningful in a bad way. You know, <laughs> he was like minus 16 in five minutes. That's pretty hard to do. If, if Bull Bull comes into the game, we have either raised the white flag or we are calling on you to surrender. It is not. Those are the meaningful minutes, you know, uh, and, and uh, the, the nerdy historian in me is like, uh, uh, there's that great uh, portrait in, in, uh, in, the, in the Capitol building where the general comes out to surrender to Washington, but you got to send a subordinate. You yourself can't surrender. That would be embarrassing. So you send your subordinate and then Washington's like, I'm not taking the subordinate sword. I'm sending my subordinate to get your sword. That is the bull bull roll right now. It's, it's hey, we lost. I'm here to play. <laughs> When he comes onto the court, it's either it's over for us or we demand that you say it's over for you. Yeah, there was a lot of buildup, too, to that Nets game. Everyone welcoming Cam and Mikhail back. There was a lot of great videos pregame. It was so nice to see how Cam Johnson talked about the Suns fans. You know, those guys will be Suns forever. 
They're two of my favorite sons for sure. And, you know, it's fair to wonder if we should have made the trade. It was a risky trade. We gave up a lot. The Nets clearly got good value for KD, in my opinion. And they are a winner of that trade. But that doesn't mean that we have to be a loser. Trades can be win-win. And uh, I don't think we've seen whether or not we're going to be a winner of that. The trade increased our ceiling. We need to get healthy to see that ceiling. And uh, right now, we just haven't been able to do that. So I don't know if that will happen. But if we can get the big three for an extended period, we can see uh, if we won the trade or not and if we are a contender. You know, KD doesn't seem like this is his last year. He's been amazing. Oh, was that was that a rumor somewhere? <clears throat> I, I heard something about him wanting to play in Europe at the end of his career. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think KD is going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm done after this year. So no, I, I, I think I, I definitely expect he'll be back. And you know, it's just it, it's tough right now with Book and, and Durant because again, if any of the big three are out, that increases the minutes on the other two, and they all have injury histories. Um, and so that's always the concern is that, is it the longer that Beal is out, the more likely we are to see a Durant and, and Booker start to need time off as well. Uh, hopefully not. You know, these guys seem to really understand. I, I think Booker, especially, uh, actually no Durant's been playing even more than Booker. Let me, let me take that back. But I think they're, they're all bought into, Hey, this is not a time or a load management season right now. Uh, you got to put some wins under your belt. You don't want to be trying to show up from the seventh seed in the West to try and take the whole thing. I mean, that Miami Heat dance to the finals to where they got ended up getting crushed uh, is not replicable and it's not needed by Suns fans. You know, I'm thinking a top three finish in the West would be the ideal situation. Top two, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's these guys, <clears throat> they get it. And so I think that's why they're okay with playing the added minutes. But it's injury management, man. Uh, it's it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, there's it's it's one of the few things that's really completely out of our hands, and you just hope that everyone knows when to rest their own bodies and and when to and if they can push themselves to do it. Well, you know who else is getting some rest right now? That's Draymond Green. He got suspended for karate chopping. Bosnian beast across the face, and uh, you know, they've what a given haymaker him... he threw <laughs> for sure. So, they've given him an indefinite suspension with conditions. Uh, do you think that's the right move by the NBA? And do you think the Warriors are finished their dynasty? I, I think we are seeing the sunset on what has been a really amazing run by the Warriors. Credit where credit's due. Um, <clears throat> but excuse me, Clay Thompson is not going to return to the clay Thompson of five years ago. Um, and Draymond green. I mean, you know, I could have understood that play. Maybe if, if Nurk was, you know, playing dirty or something like that, but he had his like hand on his hip, like, and, and it was essentially like a post-up, but he was getting, you know, closer to the, uh, to the sideline, but it wasn't really Nurk shoving him out. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even a, like an aggressive defensive posture and for Draymond to just turn and flail like full bodied, like, and try and, you know, it just, it didn't make any sense at all. Uh, and so I, I don't know what's going on in that guy's head. If he's just, if he's starting to think, oh, wow, like 
it's going to be harder for here on out for me as well. Um, who knows? But uh, yeah, I think that I think we're seeing a sunset. Now that doesn't mean the Warriors aren't a good team. I think that was a quality win the Suns ended up having. You know, Steph Curry's still on there, and he's going to go down as one of the all-time greatest point guards to ever play the game as well. And when you can beat him and uh, you know a, a well-coached, well-run organization, that's a quality win, even if they are having a, a tough time you know, putting wins together themselves right now. Yeah. Curry's the one guy who still looks like himself on that team. Uh, Clay Thompson is a shell of his former self. He has a good game every now and then, but he's been getting really frustrated too, because he knows he's just not that good anymore. And uh, Draymond Green is just a clown. You know, this guy, He's making himself look really bad. He's got all the former players and everybody coming out against him. They're saying this has no place in basketball. This, you know, Nurkic said that brother need help, you know, and he's right. And it seems like the NBA is trying to get him that help. They didn't put a number on the suspension. They said he's got to go through some counseling or something. I'm not sure what the exact terms are and if they've been completely announced. But uh, I'd be shocked if they don't drag it out, though, don't you? I I mean, I know I think they want to focus on the mental health aspect. But, you know, there's some kind of, uh, I think, naysayers saying, oh, but he'll be back by Christmas. You know, he'll he'll be back real fast. I thought that would look pretty horrible for the league to be like, all right, you're suspended five games. Then, oh, this next time around, right after that, if you go to counseling real fast, it can be less than five games. You know, I I expect that they'll probably push him at least to missing 10. and just say he's still ongoing, ongoing uh, counseling, and then maybe they'll take a look to see kind of where he's actually at in that. But, yeah. I do think they'll drag it out, and uh, I think it's definitely going to go into the new year and probably beyond. And uh, But the Warriors dynasty is starting to come to an end. You know, Huntstar05 says Clank Thompson, not Clay Thompson, Clank Thompson. And uh, Javon Carter season says, yes, they're done. And uh, I agree. You know, I think they're going to need to make some trades. They're in 11th. They're not even in the play-in right now. And, uh, yeah, it's it's rough down there in Golden State. But it's Time to a- trade for Draymond Green, right? <laughs> well, we could use uh, someone with some dog in him, but I'm not sure that's the kind <laughs> we're looking for. You know, we need someone that uh, – can dial it back a little bit too and not go completely crazy. (laughs) But uh, let's give out some weekly awards. So first up we have... Might as well be walking on the sun. The Sunwalker of the Week, our Player of the Week award. Jake, who is your Sunwalker of the Week? Well, I'm afraid I'm probably going to steal it from you. Uh, it's, yeah, it's somebody we've already talked about. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Yusuf Nurkic. It was close for me with him and Booker. Booker had a, a really, a, if you look at the stats alone, a phenomenal week. But let's just briefly go over the Nurk uh, numbers uh, against the uh, Golden State Warriors. 17 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. Come on into the Nets game, as we already talked about, the 22 rebound night, 15 points. Absolutely phenomenal. And then, uh, yeah, even last night against the Knicks, you know, the Knicks like to play big, even uh, 
missing Robinson. They still like to, you know, really get after the glass. And Nurk held his own, 21 points, 12 rebounds. So uh, Yusuf Nurkic, the Bosnian beast, uh, you know, if I think it's fair to say sometimes that Durant and Booker's game can be a little bit more finesse, although Booker does take it down into, uh, you know, hard in the paint every now and then. But Nurkic is establishing himself down there, and, and that's phenomenal to see for this team. Well, you definitely did steal mine. Mine's going to be <laughs> Nurkic as well. I think he's been great for the most part, certainly on offense. I think if we ever do get the big three, he's going to show that he's an even better fit, and he's going to fit really well against with the big three. The only question is his defense. Some people are definitely saying he's not great on that end. But, you know, I see a lot of breakdowns on the perimeter. You know, I see a lot of people just letting people go by them. And I'm not sure that's all on Nurk. You know, he's obviously a little bit limited. He's not as athletic as a guy like DeAndre Ayton. But uh, for the most part, I've liked what I've seen of him so far. So we'll see how it goes uh, from here on out. But our other award is... The Black Hole Son of the Week. Who is the son in our disgrace? Jake, how about you? Oh, there's feels like there could be a few of them this week. Um, but I'm going to go back to a uh, – I'm not going to pick on Josh Okogie. I feel like I should pick on Josh Okogie uh, and, and really just He's hit hurt. him. What are you talking about? Oh, stop it with this hurt stuff. He, you know, uh, he, he got some play this week. Um, but, uh, oh, okay. Correction. He played, uh, in the warrior game, but yeah, so I, I'm going to go easier on him and, uh, and I'm just going to turn it to Drew crank banks, bank banks, you know, at Eubanks, where have you been this energy guy off the bench, that backup center position? It's just not there right now. Uh, the warriors game three points, uh, six rebounds. Hey, not bad on the rebound front, but six rebounds, but only three points. Comes into the Brooklyn game, plays four minutes, does nothing, no no stats to rattle off for you there. And then uh, and then last night, uh, in just over fifteen minutes, he had eight points, three rebounds, two blocks. Um, not as bad of a game on that one, but again, to me, it's just Drew Eubanks. He had like a month run of you know people saying, "Wait a minute, maybe Nurk should be backing up Drew Eubanks." That I think question was quickly settled. Or uh, in the subsequent weeks, it's just he's he's a backup for a reason. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to a guy we've already talked about a little bit as well. And that's uh, Kendrick Perkins, defensive player of the year. Bull Bull. He finally got his chance. He got some run, you know, minus 16 in five minutes. That is definitely black hole sun material. This guy is not an NBA player. How is this guy here? Get rid of him. I'm, I'm tired of See, it. I can't put Bull Bull as my black hole son because, to me, he should have been ejected from the spaceship uh, into the into the great void at this point. Uh, if, if Bull Bull is in there, I'm not disappointed. I'm wondering what has happened in this game. I, I, I don't even like his stats. You know, it, it to me, it's like if you used to watch, uh, you know, high school varsity basketball or even college or something, they sometimes would roll the JV out to have like a half game or something like that sometimes beforehand. Uh, 
that is like what happens when Bull Bull hits the court. I'm like, oh, okay. This is just warm up before the real game. Uh, it's it's not a real situation right now for Bull. Yeah, he's definitely unserious, and there's a lot of sons and coaches in our disgrace right now. So I think we need a little pick me up. Let's go to a little room that we've been missing. What's the name of that nightclub of yours again? You talking about the boom boom room? Yeah, the boom boom room. That's it. Looks like you're still doing your job as the bouncer and keeping Luke out, so that's good. Actually, you know what? And side note, Guy Fieri in the club, uh, he has his own cigar line now uh, from Espinosa Cigars called the Knuckle Sandwich. I had one this week. It is a tasty, tasty stick. Is that brought to you courtesy of Draymond Green? Uh, no, Draymond would never have gotten in the club. <laughs> Although I might have needed backup to keep him out because uh, we know how he flails. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we have everybody in the boom, boom room still buzzing after the ceremony last night, after the game, Sean Marion was inducted into the ring of honor, had a lot of former players there. There was a great video tribute from Al McCoy. I've been trying to find it online to see if I could watch it again, but I haven't found it yet. If you find it, you got to watch that. Uh, they had videos of the current big three talking about the Matrix. Then Kurt Thomas and Jerry Colangelo spoke. Sean gave a very emotional speech. He was clearly moved. Uh, let's watch the fans welcome him and his number be unveiled in the rafters. All right, Jake. So what did you think about Matrix finally getting into that ring of honor? I love it, man. Sean was one of my favorite players, uh, you know, coming up uh, in the kind of what early mid 2000s uh, and his long run with the Suns, especially the seven seconds or less uh, uh, team. It, um, it it always kind of uh, bummed me out a little bit when I started hearing rumors after he left that he just never felt as appreciated um, as he felt that he should have been um, uh, with the Suns. So I, I hope after some reflection, I mean, it seemed he was, as you pointed out, pretty moved last night. Um, he knows that there was just love for him in the Valley. Um, hell of a defender, strong rebounder for especially six foot seven. Uh, you know, the, the, the exciting plays he could make his goofy three point jump shot <laughs> that somehow he made a decent clip uh, of, uh, man, sometimes he'd throw that thing up there. I'd be like, what are you doing? Um, it's funny though, too, because I, I won't dive too much into this, but I, did I read it correctly that the Bulls are just now going to take their like 
Jordan Rodman team and put them like in retirement for the Bulls? I mean, uh, I I'll know, say this. As yeah, as frustrating as it can be uh, with our previous ownership, uh, one, Matt Ishbia, again, just doing hitting all the right notes uh, for Suns fans. But, you know, it, it's, it's just interesting that uh, the Suns, I think, do take, you know, we've got a lot of numbers retired for having no, never won a title. And uh, it's, we just, yeah, I mean, we, we enjoy some feel-good stories. We want that title, of course, but um, we we uh, we do honor the the heroes that try and make it happen. So uh, it's very, very exciting to see Sean uh, get his number retired for sure. Well, Huntstar05 has got an interesting comment in the chat. He says, every Phoenix Suns fan has tried to shoot like Sean Marion at least once. Oh, yeah, with that butt out, and then you, you kind of, you don't, you don't, pull your elbows he kind of like kept it like chest level and then it felt like he was always just like flicking it uh kind of and uh and but yeah it's you got to stick that butt out it was just like it was the strangest thing I, between him and leandro barbosa i don't know who had a stranger three-point shot uh but it worked uh they they shot better than uh than certainly i ever did yeah even jerry colangelo last night said he had a really weird looking shot but it always went in and, you know, he was really the unsung hero of those seven seconds or less teams. He didn't get enough credit when he was here. He was always a top player in the league. Should have made more all-NBA teams. He did everything. You know, he, he was the defender. He was the rebounder. He was such a demon in transition. And he's the exact kind of player we could use right now. You know, he could defend centers. He could defend big power forwards. And uh, we need that kind of do everything forward right now. I wish we had a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, he really he was a Swiss Army knife, wasn't he? I mean, like he he, he would he, you'd be watching a game and you'd be watching Steve Nash like an orchestra a conductor, right? And just like knowing where everyone's supposed to be and just setting it up perfectly. Amari comes crashing through the paint with a slam dunk. Raja Bell draining a three point shot. Uh, you know. Uh, Quentin Richardson um, and uh, Jason Richardson, uh, uh, you know, draining threes from deep. And then somehow, by the time the game's over, it's like Sean Marion, nine rebounds, 17 points, two blocks, two steals, and, and two assists. And it's like, I didn't even see him on the court. But he, yeah, he would just, he did all those kind of 50 50 hustle play type things you always hear people talking about. We never really had to have a post-game interview or a mid-game interview of like, oh, you know, we got to hustle more. We got to win those 50-50 balls. Sean Marion won the 50-50 balls, uh, and, and it wasn't very close. Absolutely. And uh, we definitely oh, need yeah. a guy like that. But uh, let's leave the boom-boom room right now, and let's talk about where we are so far this season. So I have uh, sirens going on outside. I don't know if you can hear that. No, nope, but good. Uh, the sirens are definitely going off a little bit for the Suns as well. <laughs> nice <laughs> transition. <laughs> but if you break the season into beginning, middle, and end, the beginning is now over. Uh, you know, it's pre-trade season. Then trade season starts December fifteenth, yesterday, and then you have post-trade season in the stretch run. So the pre-trade season is out of here. It's gone. Let's look at where the Suns rank in some categories and hand out some first trimester awards. So first off, we're just above 500 at 13 and 12. We're 10th in the West. We do still have a positive 
1.2 point differential, which is seventh in the West. So we've lost some games we should have won. It's not all bad. Let's take a look at our offensive ranks. Uh, going into the Knicks games, uh, this is going to be a few stats, so bear with me because it's you know it is pretty enlightening though. Uh, so offensive rating, we were tenth, tied with the Knicks, just behind the Nets, and uh, you know, but the turnovers, twenty third in the league, the field goal attempts, dead last. I'll be honest. I would have guessed turnovers would have had us worse, but 23rd is not as bad as I was thinking, but it's certainly been a, just a plague on us for this season. Yeah, it's been a little better the last few games, so it seems to be turning in the right direction a little bit, and uh, we'll see if we can get some more chemistry and improve that. Uh, we have field goal percentage. We're 16th right in the middle of the league. Free throw attempts were third right behind Joel Embiid and the Sixers, as well as the Magic, but ahead of the Bucks with Giannis and the Pels with Zion. And then free throw percentage were also third. The only other team in the top five in both is Philly with Embiid. So that's really nice. Uh, I know there were some concerns early on with this season of how often the Suns would get to the line because that's been a challenge for us the last few years. So it's good to see that many attempts too. Absolutely. Last year we couldn't even get to the line, and now we're one of the top teams. So it's great to see. But three-point attempts were 23rd at 32 a game, leading with around 42 a game are Boston, Dallas, and Sacramento. You kind of expect those teams to get up a lot of threes. But we are fourth in three-point percentage at 38.2, uh, just behind Miami and number one with 39.2. So it seems like we need to get up you know, more three-pointers. But, uh, Jake, when I throw out all those offensive stats, what kind of stands out to you? Just that, it, it, yeah, it's a different um, – it's different than I think we thought it was going to be. Uh, we were talking about how often we'd get to the free-throw line, ranking third, uh, pretty solid. I think three-point percentage-wise, um, being, you know, fourth is fantastic. KD has been shooting, with exception maybe the last game or two, really really well from three and he's usually much more of that mid-range jump shooter so i'm glad to see he's kind of trusting hey maybe if i'm shooting only fi almost 50 percent from three i should probably shoot more threes um but yeah uh, it's what's interesting is that when we lost chris paul i think we thought that the speed of the game was going to increase and you said i think last for field goal attempts um is an interesting stat for that. Uh, you know, I, I don't quite understand why we need to play so slow. And maybe it's, again, maybe it plays a little bit into the turnovers that we don't have that quote-unquote true ball handler. Um, we, as Booker said, you know, we've got, you know, kind of creators and finishers, I think you said, or I might have just absolutely butchered that. But, you know, maybe that's kind of part of it. But uh, at, when you have a ton of turnovers, you're going to have fewer field goal attempts too. So uh, it's... Just a little strange. I, I guess I would have expected more fast pace, pick your poison quickly because Booker or Durant's going to drain it before you get a chance to decide who you want to guard. Yeah, it's kind of boom or bust. You know, we're like in the top five in several categories, and then we're dead last in field goal attempts and 23rd in turnovers. It's like we have all the pieces, they just haven't quite made it fit. I don't have the pace right in front of me, but I know that we are playing slow. 
this year, not that much faster than last year. So I don't know why that is. It seems like Booker's learned a little bit too much from CP3. Just walk the ball up every time. And uh, maybe it's Kevin Young's coaching as well. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the last in field goals, part of that is the rebounding, which we'll talk about here in a second. Another part of it is we are getting to the line a lot. We're one of the top free throw shooting teams. So when you do that, you're going to shoot less field goals. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, also last uh, bottom five in the field goal attempts is the Wolves, the Heat, the Lakers, and the Magic. And all those teams have good records. So being in the bottom five in field goal attempts is not necessarily a bad thing, depending on your other numbers. So we'll see how that shakes out. But let's take a look at the defensive stats. And so defensive rating, we're 17th just below the Warriors and the Blazers. Rebounding, we're, rebound percentage, we're eighth. We're tied with the Nets again and just ahead of the Wolves. Uh, offensive rebounds, we're sixth, but the defensive rebounds is 23rd. But then you look at blocks, we're first in the league. So, Jake, when I throw off those rebounding and defensive numbers, what stands out to you about those? Well, yeah, clearly to me it's uh, first in blocks. I was not expecting that. Uh, but uh, the other thing to me was the rebound percentage. I mean, 23rd in defensive rebounding is not good. Sixth in offensive rebounding is fantastic. And I think we knew this team would have challenges rebounding, probably outside of Nurkic. Um, I did not know that we we're with the rebound percentage uh, that ranks us eighth. That seems strange because I feel like Suns fans have been very, you know, you know, it's been like turnovers and rebounding for Suns fans. This, the data shows the turnovers is a problem. and But as you point out, maybe trending in the right direction finally. Suns fans have also been frustrated with the rebounds, but should they be if we're a top 10 rebounding team? Uh, or at least, yeah, a, a rebounding percentage. So it, it, that, that's a bit of a surprise to, to see that uh, as the case. Yeah, I think that's definitely the one that's going to surprise a lot of people being in the top 10 in rebound percentage. And it's really on the strength of our offensive rebounding. It's been a lot of Josh Akogi and Jordan Goodwin crashing the glass. You know, so if those guys start to play a little bit less, that may go down. But uh, 23rd in defensive rebounding percentage definitely needs to get a little bit better. Uh, I don't know what it is. I know one of the big problems is our power forwards like KBD, Utah, and Nas Little are just not rebounding hardly at all. So that's definitely one thing that worries me. If we go against bigger teams like the Lakers, it seems like we're going to need another answer at power forward. But uh, we're doing a lot of things that Suns teams haven't done in the past. We're first in blocks. And uh, we just need to clean up some of the little things. So well, let me ask you something real quick. Obviously, Nurkic is our number one rebounder. Uh, do you know who our second leading rebounder is? Without looking yeah. it up. Without looking it up, I actually don't. That's a really good question. Per game, it might be Eubanks. Um, it, it is not. Okay. okay. Uh, we have uh, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, right okay, that's 6.3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but who's the third leading rebounder for the Phoenix Suns this year? Oh, and I see, yeah, on, people are in the chat. Let's not on the Booker. 
Okay, we, you think Booker? Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll give a chance to see. Gio wants to take a shot. Anyone else in the chat? Uh, without looking it up, who's our third leading rebounder? We established Nurkic is one, two is KD. Well, Gio also thinks Book. Okay. Well, that is correct. Devin right. Booker is the third leading rebounder at 5.9. Drew Eubanks is 4.3. He's being mm-hmm. out-rebounded by Grayson Allen. Ugh. Uh and uh, who is actually our fourth leading rebounder after Tevin Book right now. Uh, He's I been great, not... but it should not be that way. No, exactly. Well, yeah, 4.4 rebounds a game. Um, yeah, obviously, everyone's kind of muddled in there as, as kind of gang rebounding takes over. But, uh, yeah, it, it's not something you really probably want to hear that your backup center is being out-rebounded by your – backup two guard yeah for real so but we do have some guys doing some good things out there let's give out our first trimester awards so jake who is your mvp of this first trimester try i see you keep throwing me with this trimester stuff i think uh, all right this phoenix, this phoenix you off, season man. is uh yeah early, early pregnancy um <laughs> We're going to deliver the title. That's what we're delivering here, Suns fans. There you go. That's That's what we're trying to deliver, yeah, in the operating room. Uh, My MVP of this season has been the person I put the bet on to be the MVP of the league, and that is one Devin Armani Booker, uh, which – You mean this guy? And Book brings the boom. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, as I mentioned, has taken his game to another level. The assists have increased the third leading rebounder. Uh, he's scoring very efficiently um, right now. Yeah. Uh, shooting 48% overall. He, he's 41% from three. How long have we wanted uh, ever since that three point uh, shooting contest he won at the all-star game for him to shoot uh, like that in real games, 41% from three is a record for Book, averaging 28 points per game, eight uh, over eight assists, uh, and like I said, about six rebounds a game. Um, he's just playing absolutely phenomenal. Oh, and let's not forget, I believe they said he's leading the league in free throw percentage right now. So to me, Devin Armani Booker, got to give it up for uh, you know our homegrown hero. Well, I'm definitely glad you went that way. Because I went with this guy. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. (laughs) Kevin Durant. He has been rising above. His averages are 30.7 points. 6.3 rebounds, 5.6 assists. And 1.2 blocks. And you kind of said it earlier. He's third in the league in three-point shooting, 48.4%. This is MVP-type stuff. But does anyone want to guess when was the last time he averaged 30 points in a season? Anyone in the chat want to try to guess when did KD... Last average 30 points in a season. I bet you it was with the Thunder. That is correct. Okay. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Eight years ago? So would that be 2015? 
close, even a little bit longer, 2013 to 14 when he won the MVP. Oh, so a decade ago. Okay. A decade ago. This guy at 35 doing things he hasn't done in a decade. This is crazy. Well, you felt the same at 35 uh, or at 25 as you did at 35, right? Yeah. I mean, like I'm sure shit. that speaks to all of us, right? We were all probably, we all had the same bodies too. Yeah, I still feel horrible. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Kevin Durant is doing things he hasn't done in a long time. But what about the flip side of that? The most disappointing player? Jake, who's been your most disappointing player so far? Ooh. Um, you know, I felt like there was a few more candidates for me on, on this one uh, than there was on the MVP. For sure. Most disappointing. It's it's you know and of course as always it, it depends what your expectation was for them for example like i think yuda was for me the guy i originally wanted to see as that fifth starter um but he has certainly not impressed but he has not imp- uh he's not been as unimpressive to me as Kata bates diop uh the other proposed uh you know possible fifth starter um you know he's played uh in uh 22 games so far he's averaging uh close to 18 minutes a game uh he is believe it or not um he's shooting okay yeah yuda (laughs) yuda's really doing poorly uh but kbd is our second worst shooter uh after yuda at 39 uh percent or yeah so just under uh, a 40 percent shooting uh, from three, he's shooting 25% worst on the team. Worse than Josh Okogi, who's putting him in at close to 28%. So KBD, I'm not sure, you know, uh, let's see what else are we getting out of him besides a lot of kind of empty minutes. Uh, three rebounds a game. Uh, he's getting five points. Nothing else. I mean, you're rounding up less than ones, uh, so I'm not going to read them all off, but Kata Bates Diop expected more from KBD. Yeah, you know me. Uh, so, what about you? <laughs> a lot of us thought KBD was going to be that fifth starter. And so he's been incredibly disappointing. That was my original answer. But I thought of a new one just sitting here right now. And let's mix it up a little bit. I'm going to say Frank Vogel. You know, this guy has a championship. He came in here, was expected to be a great coach, expected to be the change we need for Monty Williams. And we look like a grade school team out there, especially in the fourth quarter. We look like we don't know what to do. We're just playing ISO offense. There's no ball movement. He's supposed to be a defensive coach. Our defense is 17th or worst in the league right now. Um what is Frank Vogel doing? And the guys look like they have no chemistry. You know, they need to have a team meeting or something. It's, it's so far, it's not working. So I'm going to say Vogel. I haven't got on that that train yet. I, I've been seeing that pop up more and more on Sun's Twitter, though. The uh, the calls for not Vogel to be removed, but you know, kind of putting more emphasis that that Vogel's making more mistakes. Uh, and and I actually saw. I was actually quite surprised. People saying that they wish we had Monty Williams back, who has just recently set a franchise record for most losses in a row in Detroit. And, the, of course, then the response is, well, he's got a worse team. If he had this team, he'd be doing phenomenal. So 
I'm not quite sure if I believe that yet, but I, 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 I'm, I'm hearing the murmurs that, that Frank is part of the blame right now. Well, he, there definitely is a lot of blame to go around, but we did have some nice off-season pickups. So, Jake, who is your biggest off-season pickup so far? Oh, for me, that is a surprise, but an easy one. Is Can You Be Scary? Oh, oh, I know you're asking me. Can I be scary? What do you think of this? I'm Grayson Allen. <laughs> I mean, is Can You... Okay. Uh, <laughs> Grayson Allen as as kind of yeah just been surprising a little bit uh yeah you know he's obviously he's had to play a little bit bigger role I think than we were expecting uh you know with um Eric Gordon out and Devin Booker out and Bradley Beal out he has constantly been called upon to kind of provide some uh dependence um or uh, some yeah dependable play right now though Suns fans did you know that Grayson Allen is shooting 48% from three. Absolutely phenomenal. Over 12 points a game right now. As I mentioned, one of our top rebounders with 4.4 rebounds a game. Uh, his defense hasn't been, I think, all I had hoped. And uh, and I think some people have made a fair comparison that when you're not playing with a Brook Lopez and Giannis and Drew Holiday, um, your defense might look a little bit more exposed, especially on this team. Uh, so that I, I've kind of learned to accept that, but I did not know that Grayson could like, you saw him last night. He realized, Hey, sometimes you can't just be a role player and just sit there waiting to be a connector or, you know, take a random three point shot. Sometimes you have to drive and make the entire defense collapse. And he knows when to do that very well. So Grayson Allen for me, nice pickup. Yeah. I think this is the easiest one. I'm not going to make it complicated. I'm going to say Grayson Allen all the way. You know, Vogel definitely trusts him. He's playing him 33 minutes a game. So he's basically a starter out there. And I think he probably should be the fifth starter. But we'll see how that pans out. Uh, you mentioned the three-point shooting. He's seventh in the league in three-point shooting. So we have two of the top seven with him and KD. So Grayson, he has been great. But uh, who do you think has been the Marley Hustle Award leader so far this year? Um, I feel like we haven't been hustling very much. Um, but <laughs> um, let me see. It, I, I kind of have him already set up for another award, but I'll go ahead and do it. And uh, because this is this is my favorite one that you've created, so let's give him some uh, love. I am no longer Jordan Goodwin. Zero. Still my favorite uh, of the uh, <laughs> drops that you've helped put together. So the uh, Jordan Goodwin experience, uh, I see him hustling, uh, and he's actually has an offense to his game, unlike Josh Okoye right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, for me, uh, the, heart, the Marley Hustle Award, I'm leaning towards Jordan Goodwin. I was going to say Sub-Zero as well, Ooh, uh, but I'm, since you I'm, were so smart me, with the thief in the night, yeah. Since you were so smart with that, let's uh, let's give Josh Akogi some love. You know, he's uh, a Marley Hustle Award veteran. He's uh, He's been doing a lot out there when he is out there. His offense is rough for sure, but he's been crashing the glass. He's been getting the steals. 
And he's still been getting minutes, even though he's been so rough on offense. So Kogi and Goodwin, both, they're keeping us in the top 10 and rebounding with their crashing the glass. And uh, Goodwin got that steal against the, was it the Nets? The, yeah, the Nets uh, the other game and almost helped us win that game. But uh, we lost the ball there. So both of those guys deserve credit. Uh, but a couple more awards here. Who do you think is the best sharpshooter so far this year? Well, see, and th th this is where it's – to me, it's a little bit like the NFL. So um, you've got your uh, – who's the MVP? And nine times out of ten, it's a quarterback, right? Uh, and to me, uh, if, if you're watching uh, the NFL this year, I think um, uh, Tyreek Hill is actually the MVP, if we're being uh, honest. But uh, he'll probably end up getting the Offensive Player of the Year award. So to me, that's kind of what this is a little bit like. Booker, for me, is my MVP. But I'm going to uh, tack back to where you were at. Uh, Kevin Durant, sharpshooter uh, of the year right now for me with the, this Phoenix Suns shooting, yeah, 48% uh, from three. So actually, yeah, 48% uh, uh, from three uh, and uh, over about 52% overall. Effective field goal percentage uh, is 57 uh, or 58. So he's been he's been really putting it in. I, he started off a little bit rough. I remember that first game or two. There's a lot of clanks. Uh, but then he started showing us why he still gets paid all that money. We're having a lot of games in, in a row uh, of just really effective shooting and over, as you point out, over 30 points a game. So, uh, yeah, sharpshooter, Kevin Durant. Well, you're the only sharpshooter I see around here. But uh, <laughs> Jay in the chat says, this is tricky. Gordon looks great. Booker, Durant, Grayson, we got at least four. And, yeah, I definitely agree with that. There's a lot of names you could throw out here. But I'm going to stick with you. If you go with one, it has to be KD, third in the league in three-point shooting, averaging 30 points a game for the first time in a decade. It's KD. But uh, last award, who do we want to see more of? What do you think, Jake? Jordan Goodwin uh, <laughs> is who I want to see more of. I want more Sub-Zero on the court. Uh, and, it, you know, I'll be honest, it, talking about how when stats don't always match up to feelings, right, Suns fans, is I felt like Jordan Goodwin, in my mind, has been shooting fairly well. Uh, if you look at his stats, it's a, it's a little bit of a different story. Uh, he's shooting uh, uh, just 33% from three, 39% uh, overall. But – I don't know. When I'm watching him, it seems like just about every time he has that open three, he's been putting it in. Give me that and give me that defense, and I'll take more Jordan Goodwin all year long. That's a great answer. And, you know, Gio in the chat oh. says <laughs> – Sorry, Gio's the, right. <laughs> he says the obvious answer, you know, Bradley Beal. And, uh, yeah, gosh, I, I wasn't even thinking about that either. How did I miss that one too? That's uh, definitely the obvious answer. Uh, Jay in the chat says, I want more Metu and Little Metu when playing well. Oh, and Little, Nas Little. Metu yeah. when playing well, hustles and rebounds very well. Metu has been really impressing me uh, over the last couple of weeks. You know, I was kind of wondering if he was going to get a run, and, and Vogel's right. I mean, he, he did kind of say different times of the year, different guys are going to get a run to kind of see what they can do. And uh, Chimezi. Has been impressive. 
Yeah, but it seems like Vogel forgets about him. He just doesn't play him that much. I don't know what's going on there. True. Uh, so he's definitely a great candidate as well. But my answer is going to be Nas Little. He wasn't playing at first. He worked himself into the lineup, but then he got injured. Uh, he has played 18 games, about 15 minutes a game. He's shooting 48% and 34 from the three, 87 from the line. Uh, he does, though, only have 2.5 rebounds, a half a steal, and a half a block. But I need to see more. I need to see, can this guy be that power forward off the bench? Can he defend big wings? Um, or, you know, do we need to go out and make a trade or get somebody? That's what I need to see. So, you know, trade season kicked off yesterday, December 15th. Buyouts could also happen soon but are more common after the trade deadline. So, Jake, is there anything or any type of player you think we might be looking to trade for? Or is there any players you want to get rid of? What do you think? Yes, to both. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. uh, right. yeah. no, it, it's um, this team, I don't know, to me, feels less complete now than the Suns of last year did before the Kevin Durant trade. Uh, I know there's a lot of Suns fans just saying we were missing something, but last year I was like, well, you know, with Bridges, Cam Johnson, DA, there, there was so much potential ceiling raising from young uh, and young and already known talented players. Um, like Bridges, a good player, and we knew he had a little bit more to add to it. Um, the challenge with this year's squad uh, is – I don't feel like there's a lot of ceiling for a lot of these players. You mentioned Nas Little. Yeah, he could become a little bit better, but I don't think that Yuta Watanabe is going to become much better than what he is. He might start shooting the three better, but his defense isn't going to get much better. His rebounding's not going to get much better. So that, that, that's why I mean it's, it's more challenging this year, I think. Add to the fact, too, that tradable contracts are going to be extremely hard to come by. You know, I, I saw somebody uh, pointing out that um, – uh, that the Spurs are interested in Bull Bull. Um, that's fine. I'm not interested in anyone that Bull Bull could get us back from the Spurs. <laughs> um, uh, but I will say that Bull Bull is already not a positive in any way. So, I, I mean, I could just totally take a roll of the dice on somebody that's making a minimum contract. Um, I think a PJ Tucker, I, I saw that uh, Gio mentioned that. I think a PJ could help. Um, but he's certainly getting long in the tooth. And, and I think they said, Oh God, I read something like he's made like 12 points in his first 12 games as a Clipper or something like that. It's just, it, his offensive game is, is almost completely disappointed. I'd like to, you know, when I first heard, I, it was funny. I heard the jazz were all of a sudden now, uh, very interested in shopping John Collins, which has been the story of John Collins's career. Um, and, uh, and now apparently Lori Markinen is, um, considered uh not untouchable again um so it, it's going to be interesting because i i definitely think we're missing pieces um but the pieces that we would be available that could actually net us something back let's leave beal and and booker and durant off the board so you're looking at nurkic allen and nas little I'd like to keep Allen right now. If he's a top 10 three-point shooter, you want to keep that guy on your team. Nurk, I don't know if we're going to get much better for him, and we don't have a lot enough depth at that position to replace it. So you can't just be like, all right, Nurk, and we'll get a fantastic small forward, and Drew Eubanks will be our new center. Um, you, you can't really do that. 
So really it comes down to me to like a Nas Little type trade. If you think you can get that with maybe a bull bull and something else to get a decent player, it's probably not going to be much of a game changer. This is the team that's going to be looking at that buyout market, which let's be honest, there's a lot more duds than studs always in the buyout market. And 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 every every NBA fan tricks himself every year into thinking that somebody that has been bought out of their contract is that is just waiting to to you know shine up their shoes and and move to a new place and say you know what actually I'm still fantastic let's do this so uh, do I want to trade yes I'd like to see was it there was a lot of talk about a TJ McConnell uh, way back when and he's definitely started to take a backseat because you do not want to limit Tyrese Halliburton from playing phenomenal basketball in indiana right now don't um, get me started on tyrese halliburton again <laughs> james but Jones, uh, man. You know, it would be interesting to have somebody like a, a a and watch i play into the narrative a true point guard uh who's just going to run up and down the court and and really get us into the offense quickly and allow book and rant to both be able to come off of screens together from different parts of the court. Uh, right now, it has to be one of those guys has the ball, and they kind of look for the other. So give me maybe a TJ McConnell type. Um, so I think, yeah, uh, I'm with Jay. I think there's point guards out there that can help us. I think they're going to be available uh, on the cheap. We'll see. Um, I don't know. What's Ricky Rubio doing nowadays? You know, maybe we bring old uh, Ricky back in uh, towards the end. But uh, to me, it's going to be probably more on the buyout market than the trade market. We just don't have a lot of those tradable contracts, but we'll need something. We will do, need something to tinker with this roster. Yeah. I don't think we could afford to trade for any big names like John Collins or Lori Markinen. We just don't have the contracts. You'd have to trade Nurkic to even make that possible. And uh, I don't think we should do that unless, you know, we were getting another center back. Uh, I just, I just you, don't you did like that. that NBA 2k trade that got thrown to me that, uh, John Collins and uh, Walker Kessler, I think it was for Nurk and like Allen, uh, I think is who I think the trade was. Bull, was. Bull, like, bull. Uh, oh, yeah, might have been and, and Bull Bull probably because NBA 2K puts way too much stock into Bull Bull. But it was a total <laughs> troll trade. But oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I do think we'll have to look more at the buyout market. Uh, as far as the point guards, I, I uh, haven't really been looking at that too much. I think we're going to be okay. If we do bring in a point guard, I think it's mostly for the regular season. I don't think they would play too much in the playoffs because if we're healthy, you look at Bradley Beal and Devin Booker playing 36 minutes a game with those guard spots, that only leaves about 24 minutes of backup guard minutes. And Eric Gordon has taken most of those. And if Grayson is not starting, he's taking the rest of those. Um, so I really don't see a point guard playing much in the playoffs this team's just not built that way. Uh, I think you have to get more chemistry and see how Bill and Booker can work. You know, it was just a week or two ago that we had people writing, is Devin Booker the best point guard in the NBA? So I really don't think point guard is the issue. I think the biggest thing we have to look at is the power forward and the defense. You know, everybody's mentioning P.J. Tucker. I I would not trade for PJ Tucker, but I would consider him on a buyout. Absolutely, yeah, his contract's horrible right now. I think it's yeah, I think like he's making eleven million. million. Yeah, two, yeah, over the next so, year. 
He's just cheap enough on the buyout that we could acquire him on buyout. He doesn't make too much because if you're making over $12.4 million, we can't acquire you on a buyout. But uh, I think he's still got that couch in the corner at the footprint center. So, you know, why not bring this guy back? He can shoot the three. Uh, you know, and on the PHNX broadcast last night, the postgame show, they were talking about P.J. Tucker. And they were saying, we don't care if this guy plays a game. He's going to get in people's faces, you know. Right now we have a problem where people aren't even trying. They give up these big runs and they seem totally shell-shocked. You know, P.J. Tucker's going to get in everybody's faces and he's going to make them play. You know, the Miami Heat have been doing this with Udonis Haslam. He's like 45 and doesn't even play, but he just stays there and gets in people's faces. So why not have that assistant coach on the floor, on the sidelines? Uh, so I, I definitely would consider it, especially if you're getting rid of Bull Bull. You know, what's the downside? PJ's better than Bull Bull. Right. So give it a try. But, you know, if you're trading for anybody, probably the most tradable contract we've got is Nas Little. I forget exactly what he's making, 7 or $8 million a year. Mm-hmm. But uh, if another team is selling off someone, you know, he's probably the guy that's going to have to go. And that's why I want to see more of him. You know, I want to see should we keep Nas Little or should we trade him? You know, I'm kind of on the fence. And, uh, you know, KBD – he probably can go, but, you know, he's on a minimum contract. He's not going to bring us much back, and that's uh, that's the problem. We just don't have a lot of tradable contracts, so it's probably going to be the buyouts. So, But let's get out of here with looking at uh, this week, the games. We've got the Wizards on Sunday. It should have been uh, Bradley Beal playing against his old team, but it's probably not going to happen. Uh, we got the Blazers on Tuesday on the road, and then Friday on the road versus the Kings. Uh, Jake, what are you expecting from this week's games? Well, uh, Landry Shamit revenge game uh, will be fascinating on Sunday. That's the only uh, reason you know I, I, I'm going to be nervous uh, is is how much he's going to um, help the Wizards lose that game. Um, oh, yeah, but uh, no, I expect um, as of right now. I'm going to get a little pessimistic, uh, especially with uh, the question marks behind Beal. So I'm going to say two and one, uh, which, hey, that, that, that'll give us a little, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, go-go juice, a little caffeine shot, uh, picking up a couple wins, going in uh, to that uh, Kings game. Maybe we can win as of right now. If we lose, I'm banking us that Kings game. Yeah, I would agree. I think we're probably going to lose that Kings game. And even though everybody's kind of down in Suns land right now, I'm also going to say two and one. You know, if we can't beat the Wizards and the Blazers, do we even belong in the NBA? <laughs> you know, Bradley Beal will probably miss both games. But we still got Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Last year in the regular season, they went 8-0, and even though our role players weren't great. What's wrong this season? Why isn't Devin Booker and Kevin Durant enough? You know, something just is not quite clicking, but uh, I think it's going to click enough this week to at least beat uh, the Wizards and the Blazers. And uh, if we do see Landry Shamit or DeAndre Ayton go off on us, 
and uh, beat us by 20, uh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. Well, last night was actually our worst loss of the season. I don't know if you, you knew that, but uh, it was, yeah. French wise, yeah. Ended up uh, now, granted, it was closer than the, the final score uh, showed, but yeah. Well, it was close here. until the fourth quarter, and we just completely melted down again. Mm-hmm. And you know, Geo in the chat says, just don't trade Grayson, please. <laughs> and I agree. Well, he doesn't with want that. us to get rid of that drop. <laughs> A great Beetlejuice Yeah. So I don't think they would consider trading Grayson. That would be really stupid unless you're getting something really good back. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But uh, it's about time to get out of here. Jake, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. You can find me at Fallen Founder on Twitter. And, um, you know, I, I know it's a tough couple of games, Suns fans, but let's keep some things in mind. Uh, Bradley Beal. Hurt again. Josh Okogi out. Eric Gordon out. Damian Lee out. There's a lot of potential still on this team, too. So, um, and you think about it all, you know, even to a degree with Josh Okogi, all four of those guys are ball handlers, too. So if turnovers are frustrating, just remember we have four ball handlers uh, that are uh, out. And so hopefully, you know, maybe not uh, the, over these next two games, but before that Kings game, we could get a Gordon and a Kogi back and maybe even a Beal too. That would be a shot in the arm. I mean, Gordon is our sixth man right now, and a Kogi's playing some real meaningful men's for us too uh, when he's there. So uh, we, we've been, we were down this week on, on health, uh, even though we thought the big three were back, we were still missing some pl- uh, players and players that play key roles. So um, uh, keep in mind uh, and remember help is on the way. Oh, and, uh, Good night, Australia, and good morning, Al. Well, I hope help is on the way because I can't take any more ball bowl minutes, please. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if we're going to make any trades soon. You know, it usually doesn't start this early, especially the buyouts. Trades usually kick off a little later in December, maybe first part of January. So I don't really expect any moves this week. I think we're going to have to get it together ourselves. You know, we do have some easy games coming up. So let's hope we can start to find some chemistry. I really hope Bradley Beal is not out too long. We really need to see the big three together and see what this team needs. You know, do they need a point guard? Do they need a power forward? Does heads need to roll on the coaching staff? I don't know. We just haven't seen enough yet. But uh, thanks to everyone in the chat. We've got a lot of people in there this week. Uh, Make sure to hit the thumbs up and give us a like. It will really help us help the algorithms. We are now part of the All Sports All Plays Network, ASAP. You can find them on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter by searching ASAP Sports Network. We've been writing game recaps on ASPSportsNetwork.com. You can find me on Twitter at Sundress Dunks. You can find the pod on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Suns Planet Podcast. Uh, we do have a Facebook group now called Suns Planet as well. Uh, let's hope we can get Bradley Bill back and uh, really start to take on uh, some more wins and get this train on the right track here. So with that, Al, take us home. 
wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the Suns get set to shine here on their home court. Here's Perry. The guard heard. Here's the jump shot. Al McCoy with you, courtside. Comes up a three. Tuesday, he ties it. Hey, D.A., Al and Tim up here. Oh, happy birthday. Right. Yeah. I know it's a long Happy birthday, baby. Here's Cameron Payne out on top. Durant, three-pointer straight away. Tuesday. I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone in this arena this afternoon, to all of those that are watching and listening on radio and TV, a thank you for allowing me to tell the story of the Suns for 51 great years. That pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now.